KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Vayera, Yutet Cheshvan Tavshinayin. The Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef and Chaim Shmuel. And I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbelt. I'd also like to dedicate the Erev Shabbat program, Lilui. Pardon me, not Lili Nishmat. I'd like to dedicate the Arab Shabbat program in honor of the bat mitzvah of my niece, Rebecca Buckler, in Toronto. I'm going to touch upon a set of sukim that I think, if my memory solves, serves correctly, I've touched upon in passing, maybe even last year, but I want to go into it with a little bit more depth and stress a different angle here, which I don't believe was stressed in the past. We're all familiar with uh, the story of Gerush Ishmael in modern uh, Tanakh scholarship. They like to call it the story of Akedat Ishmael because of literary parallels between uh, the story of Avraham sending away Ishmael and Avraham offering up Yitzchak as, as, a, as, a, as an offering, as a korban, most notably on a, on a simple literary level, you know, sending away your son or, or sacrificing your son are very similar actions or you're losing your connection towards them. And perhaps one example on a literary level, one that to me at least stands up the most, Vayashkem Avraham Baboker, appears in both. Avraham getting up early in the morning to do the mitzvah that God commands him to do. The difficult mitzvah he does, he doesn't hesitate to get up early in the morning to do it. He doesn't dilly-dally, he doesn't delay. He goes into it, despite the difficulty, which <coughs> the difficulty in doing it is stressed, at least in the in the text of the Torah, more so in Gerush Ishmael than in Akedat Yitzchak. In Akedat Yitzchak, Chazal really have to fill in the the between the lines of the text of the of the Torah to to to, to show Abraham's difficulty with this uh, difficult mitzvah. Whereas here, we at least have. Uh, an explicit pasuk, It was very bad in the eyes of Abraham what he heard about his son, which Rashi states, the simple pshat is that Sarah is asking him to get rid of, get rid of Ishmael. <coughs> in any case, what I want to discuss is the reason, f- the need that Sarah feels and that God ultimately concurs to the need to send him away. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Mitzrian, who she had born to Abraham, mocking. Okay, Mitzachek. This is the word we're using here, mitzachek, and the English of the Koran Tanakh translated as mocking. And as a result of this mitzachek, which, keeping that in mind, v'tomer l'Avraham garesh ha'ma'azot ki lo yirash ben ha'ma'azot im b'ni im 
And then her reaction is to tell Abraham to send away this this, uh, this this servant and her son, because the servant's son will not inherit with my son with Yitzchak. Now, Chazal, noting the verb mitzachek, the verb tzchok, tzadichet, kuf, in other places to have a negative context, in certain places it refers to Avodah Zarah, in certain places to it refers to killing, in certain places it refers to adultery, And therefore, Yishmael is set up as an evil character, and as a result of his evil, he must be sent away. But let's question this approach on several levels. First of all, let's note that at the end of Parashat Chayesara, next week's parsha. Abraham feels a need to send away his other sons, the sons of Keturah, away from Yitzchak. Abraham sends them away, and he gives everything that he has to Yitzchak, and to these other sons he gives matanot. In other words, he makes it very clear who is the son that's inheriting him, and who are additional sons or not inheriting him, he sends them away, by Yishalachem, and the same verb, which applies here, by Hagar and Yishmael, by he sends her away, Hagar, which is sending away Yishmael as well, and this is, without any explicit, implication by the Torah, that, there's, that the, the other sons did anything wrong. It doesn't say, Avraham et bnei k'tura mitzachakim, and then sending him away. He has to send them away. Perhaps he has to send them away just as a result of what he learned by Gerush Yishmael about sending away Yishmael. And by the way, it is interesting to note the difference between the verb that Sarah uses, Garesh Hamazot, which is throw her out, And the verb that Avram uses, which is Vayeshalacheha, sending away, which is the same verb which he uses when he sends away his sons, the sons of Keturah. So, so number one point that I'm pointing out here is: is it necessary from the act of sending away to conclude that something evil was done here? Okay, so then you're going to tell me, well, it says mitzachek. So let's just point out that yes, Rashi does a good job of pointing out examples of the verb mitzachek in a negative context, in an extreme negative context. But let's also point out, just for the sake of fairness, that in Parshat Todot it says about Yitzchak, Vayar Avimelech spots Yitzchak and Rivka, Vayar, Vine Yitzchak Mitzachek et Rivka Ishto. Which 
one could say, yes, this is an implication of, obviously not Gilui Arayot, because Yitzchak and Rivka are married, but some sort of sexual relation. However, it's kind of hard to believe that Yitzchak and Rivka are having some sort of sexual relationship in a public place where they're visible, but rather, more likely, there's some sort of loving contact or interaction between Yitzchak and Rivka, which clearly identifies them as husband and wife and not brother and sister. There's nothing intrinsically evil about this Metzachek, but more than that, we don't need to go to Parsha Todot. Yitzchak's name is Yitzchak, the same verb of Tzchok, and the whole interaction around his name is around Yitzchak. Tzchok asali Elohim, kol Yitzchakli. And when Avraham hears the news of Yitzchak's birth from Avraham, his, his future birth, by Yipol Avraham al-Panav And there there was no criticism. And Sarah, Vatitzchak Sarah Bekir Balimor, at the beginning of our parsha, and even though there there is criticism, does the verb Tzchok automatically imply, Rashi's examples notwithstanding, does it imply that there has to be something negative? So tell me that well, obviously you have to see the context. And here the context implies that something, that mitzachek is bad, because it, it causes Sarah to want to send Ishmael away. Well, again, <clears throat> in order to adopt this position that Ishmael was killing and adultering and worshipping Abu Zarah, then we have to assume that Abraham was a blind man, which the Torah doesn't say that Abraham was a blind man. The Torah says Yitzchak was blind later on in his life. And that he didn't know right under his nose that his own son was doing all these evil things and only Sarah makes him aware of this. So therefore, and this is something that my wife, Atara Snowbell, has pointed out to me last year, and I think this is a brilliant interpretation. Sarah explains her problem. Ki lo yirash ben ha'amazot im b'ni im yitzchak. She does not say ki lo yirash harasha hazot im b'ni im yitzchak. This evil person shall not inherit with my son, but rather she makes a very simple claim. Lo yirash ben ha'amazot. This is the son of the servant. This is not my son. I am the main wife. And my son was chosen to be the continuation of you and not the servant's son. And by the way, Abraham has difficulty ex- ex- accepting this throughout. And when he's told of Yitzchak's birth at the end of Parashat Lech Lecha, 
he says, Lu Yishmael to God. But what about Yishmael? I already have a son. And, and Hashem has to come back and say to him, Aval your wife Sarah is going to give you a son, and you're going to call him Yitzchak. And I will establish my covenant with him as a co- an eternal covenant for his offspring after him. In fact, what is probably going on here is a repetition of that interaction. Avram loves his son Yishmael. And he's not interested in sending him away. When God promises him a son, he says, but I already have a son Yishmael. And what Sarah sees and Avraham fails to see, because he is a father and he loves his son, is that Yishmael is being metzachek. He is trying to be Yitzchak. He is walking around. I'm Avraham's son. I have a Brit Milah. I am in line to inherit Avraham. Maybe, in fact, not only is he not being involved in Avodah Zarah, but in fact, he's walking around proselytizing people trying to encourage them to be Oved Hashem and trying to encourage them to enter the Brit of Avraham Avinu and I'm speculating here he is trying to take the role of Yitzchak of being the son that will carry on this Brit He is trying to be Yitzchak. And that is the meaning of the word Mitzachek, which in this context, we can't avoid that reading of the word Tzchok. Because Tzchok in this context has a, there is a context here. Don't bring the context of Tzchok from Cheta Egel, that they were Mitzachek, or all the other things that Rashi brings, what Tzchok might be. Here we have a context. We have Yitzchak Beno, Yitzchak Beno, he is trying to fill in his role of this tzchok, of being Yitzchak. And on this, Sarah says, and she's essentially repeating God's words, to Avraham from the end of Parsha Lechlecha, Lo yirash ben This servant son will not. This servant or female servant, missing the word here in English. Maid servant. This this son of a maid servant will not inherit with my son with Yitzchak. And this is difficult for Abraham. Abraham sort of had a hope perhaps that both of his sons would be involved in carrying on his tradition. <clears throat> as Yitzchak ultimately, as, sorry, as Yaakov is ultimately privileged to, that all of his sons continue, the, continue in his path. 
But that's not Ishmael's role. Ishmael has a role. And we already see in Parashat Lech Lecha with the interaction between Sarah and Hagar that the Malach says don't worry Ishmael has a destiny. Ishmael has a role. There is no reason for Abraham to feel bad. Your son, Ishmael, has a role. He has a role to play. He has benefits to benefit as being your son. He will be a nation. He will have land that will be given to him. But he's not Yitzchak. And Ishmael tried to go into a role that was not his role, and he had to be pushed out of that role. And this lesson Avraham learns at the end of Parshat Chayesar, and he sends away his other sons immediately. He knows now, he's understood that there are roles in life. We don't have to be afraid of the roles that we are given. We don't have to strive to do somebody else's role. We have to strive to do our own role. And that's, of course, the famous Hasidish saying of Reb Zusha saying, after 120 years, I'm not afraid that God says will say to me, Zusha, why weren't you? Moshe Rabbeinu, Zusha, why weren't you? Rabbi Akiva, but I'm afraid that Hashem will say to me, Zusha, why aren't you Zusha? Ishmael is not supposed to be Yitzchak. He's supposed to be Ishmael. And when he is confused about that, he has to be sent away in order to understand that he has a different role. He's not meant to be Yitzchak. He's meant to be Ishmael. And Yitzchak is meant to be the inheritor of Abraham Avinu's tradition, and it's supposed to go through him, through Yaakov, and then to Am Yisrael. And this is a lesson for all of us, a lesson for the Bat Mitzvah. And this, in fact, my wife already wrote to the Bat Mitzvah. That we have to understand that there are different roles, meant for different people, and we have to find our role. We don't have to look for the other person's role and hope for that. We have to find our own role and fulfill our role. And on that note, I'd like to wish all of us that we should strive, number one, to find our role, not find somebody else's role. And when we do find our role, we should strive to fulfill that role and fulfill our role to the best of our ability. Once again, first we need to find our role, and then once we find our role, we can strive to complete it. And on that note, I would like to wish all of our listeners a Shabbat Shalom, a Mazal Tov to my niece Rebecca, and at this point I will hand over the microphone to Rebek. Shabbat Shalom. Parashat Vayera. And we're looking at different things that have been learned from the Pasha other than the obvious ones. Um, I want to begin with the beginning, the opening, uh, the opening 
story in the Pasha. Where of course there's a very famous thing that's learned from there, which I wouldn't talk about because it's so famous everybody knows it. Namely, Hachnasat Ochim. Abraham Avinu was Machnis Ochim, and this is one of the great Mekorot sources for uh, receiving guests, for being hospitable. As Abraham Avinu, three people passed his tent and he asked them to come in and fed them and, and, and gave them to drink. That, that's a very important halacha. It's really halacha. Learned from this pasha, but as I said, that's pretty well known, so I'm not going to talk about that. But one little aspect of that, which I would like to talk about and bring to your attention, something which I think is not well known, and in fact is very lachadamais. I think many of us, at one point in our life, all of us were going to um, have this happen to him. The Gemara in Kiddushin, tells the following story. The uh, context there is, Av Shemachal al Kvodo, Kvodo Machul, Rav Shemachal al Kvodo is also Kvodo Machul. Uh, people who are we, obliga- we are obligated in, in their honor. And there are halachot that mandate showing respect and honor for certain people, but they have the ability to waive. And if they do waive it, then you're, you're not obligated to do so. And then the Gemara comes to a, um, a further statement that they said that, okay, that's true for a father, that's true for the Rav, Kvara Torah, but then there's someone called the Nasi. The Nasi is the God of Adol. In those days, there was a formal, uh, a formal title given to the heads of the Sanhedrin, uh, who were mostly, usually, from the family of uh, Rabbi Gamaliel and his children, to Rabbi Hakadosh, to Rabbi, uh, with one or two exceptions. Nasi Shemalachal Kvado, We're coming to sort of the not just Kvara Torah, but also a kind of Malchut. And maybe there he doesn't have the right to waive the Kavod because it belongs to Amisol, the institution of Amisol. It isn't personal. Then the Gemara brings a story to prove that it's not true. Meitve, Maaseh. Barabi Eliezer, Barabi Yoshua, Barabi Tzadok. Three Chachamim. Shayu Masubin Bevet HaMishteh Beno Shalam and Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel's son was getting married. And so they had a mishnah. They had a uh, a celebration, and they were sitting. They were subin. They were reclining, and uh, they were drinking. It's a mishnah. Drinking wine. The person pouring the wine was Rabbi Gamliel himself. Rabbi Gamliel was the nasi. He was the head of the Sanhedrin, and these three chachamim were there. Now to know the Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Gamliel offered the cup to Rabbi Eliezer he didn't, he didn't take it from Rabbi Gamliel Rabbi Yoshua Rabbi Yoshua did accept the cup from Rabbi Gamliel Rabbi Yoshua Rabbi Eliezer gave Musa to Rabbi Yeshua for accepting, for allowing Rabbi Gamliel to serve him. Anu Yoshvin, that Rabbi Gamliel, the Rebbe, you made, we are sitting, and Rabbi Gamliel, the Rebbe, the son of the previous Nasi, is standing and pouring wine for us. Amale, Rabbi Yeshua answered, no big deal. Matsinu gadol mimenu, sheshimesh. We find a greater person than Rabbi Gamliel who served his guests. Avraham Gadol Adoraya. Rabbi Avinu was also the the great man of his generation. 
would say he was ahead of the Sanhedrin, if there were a Sanhedrin. But Gadol Mimenu is greater than Rami Gamliel. It says that when he gave food to the guests, who we know were angels, he was standing over them and they ate. Meaning he was standing over them to, that's the pshat, to serve them, to make sure their needs were being met. Maybe it was okay because Avraham Avinu recognized that they were angels of God and therefore, yes, he served them because they were greater than him. Not true. The pshat is he thought that they were Bedouin. They were Arab passers-by and nonetheless, that's how he served them. And so why is it surprising that we allow Rabbi Gamliel to serve us when Avraham Avinu served his apparently Arab guests. Amal lehem Rabbi Tzadok, he was the third person sitting there who hadn't been involved yet in the discussion. Rabbi Tzadok said, Ad matay atem minichim kvodo shal makom atem osgim mechvod abriyot. Rabbi Tzadok said, you bring a proof from Avraham Avinu in this week's parasha, I have a better proof from God himself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu mashiv ruchot, malay nisiyim, morid matar umatzmiach adama v'orech shulchan lefnei kol echad v'echad. What Avraham Avinu did for the guests and what Rabbi Gamliel did for you, God does for everybody. Does not God blow the winds, raise the mists, bring down the rain, get the earth to put forth its fruits and in effect arrange a table before everybody in the world. It's a beautiful thought that by living in this world God is serving us as a servant serves the guests at his master's table. The way the waiter serves at a table. Because God puts food on a table and presents it and runs the whole world in such a way as to serve as to serve man. And therefore the Gemara concludes a filo this situation I think which is probably familiar at one time or another you'll be someplace you'll be a guest in someone's house who you really feel genuinely feel correctly feel that you are chayav b'chivodo the vav the gadol ador a chashav vav a chashav person someone who it is really very unpleasant that he should be serving us and the Gemara says that Rabbi Yeshua said to Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Tzadok confirmed what Rabbi Yeshua said that's the proper way the part of the mitzvah of Achnasat Ochim is to serve them and since it's proper then it's proper and there's Mechilat Kavod he has waived his honor in order to be fulfilled the mitzvah and in this sense he is following the path of Avraham Avinu and in fact is following the path of Melech Malchei Amlachim HaKadosh Baruch Hu and when I first read this, I said to myself, okay, maybe it's the proper thing to do for the the Rav, the Gadol Ador. It's proper that he should wave on his kavod, but why is it proper that we should accept it? But apparently, the two go together. Since it's he should wave the respect due to him, then the respect is no longer due to him. It's, it's, it's the correct thing. You have to allow him, you have to encourage him to do the proper mitzvah. The mitzvah of Achnasat Ochim is that he should serve the Ochim. Therefore, this may be, it, psychologically it's difficult to accept. I mean, I myself have been in situations where I would find it very difficult for my Rebbe to, to, for me to allow, to accept such a thing. But the story really says that it, it's, it goes together. 
since Achnasat Ochim is to serve the guests no matter who they are. That's the way it's done. That's the way the master, the Mechubedeka master, should act. And therefore, it, it's the proper thing for everyone to uh, to go along with it. So that's that's the first thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I was originally saying I'll skip this. Achnasat Ochim, everybody's familiar with, but I thought this point is a very, very good point, And it's learned specifically not just Achnas Ochim, this particular point about Achnasat Ochim, who omed alehem tachat ha'etz, and the angels accepted it and ate, allowing Avraham Avinu to serve them, we learn not only that you should serve your guests, but that from the angels we learn that you should accept it, that it's it's proper to uh, for this situation to take place and for you to participate in it. Um, since I we already started with this pasha of Achnasat Ochim, I would rather quickly like to mention certain other things learned from the Pasha. Uh, Gemara in Bamatziyad uh, of Pevav, and then continuing to Pezayin, uh, three things which are also learned from this particular story um, uh, of Abraham and the Malachim. Uh, the first one, Gemara in Pevav, it says, Mikan, Avraham Avinu said to them, would you like to stop and I'll give you food? And they said to him, Kain Tasa, Kasher Dibata. He said, I'll give you a little bit of food. They said, we will do as you have suggested. A little bit li- later, the Malachim are visiting Lot, and he invites him into his house, and it says, Vayiftzar Bam Ma'od. He persuaded them at great length, until they accepted. Apparently, they didn't accept right away, because they said, you said it, we'll do it. Gmaram Pevav says, Mikan Shemisarvin Lekatan Ve'en Misarvin Lekadon. This is Derech Eretz. Somebody wants to do you a favor, you should not accept it. And, uh, you shouldn't hurry to accept favors from other people. But that's if it's a katan, a person who is relatively not great, who's on your level. So you shouldn't be indebted, you shouldn't uh, be a shnari, you shouldn't, uh, why should you be eating in someone else's house? The aim is Sabina Gadol, but specifically it fits in, it complements what we said in the beginning. If the person is a Gadol, like Avama Vino, then it's not Derech Eretz. It's improper to say no to him. Even though, <laughs> what he's offering you is to serve you. I'm putting the two Gemaras together. Specifically, not only is it okay to have the Gadol serve the Katan, specifically, it's even better. Because since he asked to serve you, it's not proper to pretend, well not to pretend, it's not proper to say, no, 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 it's okay. It's it's what he wants, and therefore you should, you dafka should go along with it. And this case, Lot was the Katan. Lot was the little person. Avraham was the great person. In the same situation, the Malachim accepted Abraham's hospitality and uh, took great deal of persuasion before they accepted Lot's. That's uh, one halacha. In the same daft, the Gemara says, um, Avraham served them, and they ate. The Gemara says, From this we learn a very important principle in all of life. The different commentators really apply this to, to everything. That a person should not change, not stand out, not a descent from the Minhag HaMakom. Shaharei. Moshe Allah, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the heavens to receive the Torah. Velo he didn't eat for 40 days. The dress says, without I think any particular proof, that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't eat wasn't as I'm sure we all think, because when he went up to Hasinai, he also went up. He 
he ascended not merely physically, but he really went to the sky. He became himself a kind of malach. This Gemara says that, no, no, it was Derech Eretz. He was still a human being. He needed to eat. But, so to speak, he volunteered. I guess God helped him out as well. Since the people up there, the persons up in the sky, angels, don't eat, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, they don't eat, I don't eat either. Vamalachim Yadu, and the angels who visited Avam Avinu had come down to the earth. They didn't need to eat. But since everyone else was eating, so they ate also. They were expensive. They didn't really eat. They pretended to eat. But the main thing is that you should, you should fit in with your surroundings. If everybody's eating, you should eat. People here are all fasting. Uh, then you should fast. Uh, there's a Mishnah in about Rabbi Natan that says it goes about everything. People stand, you should stand. Why is it taken sure? Sometimes you see um, people stand up for something that you don't think is necessarily important or right. If you really think it's wrong, then I, I think maybe it's mutter. But suppose you just you don't think it's important to stand for this. People stand up for a certain You think it's not necessary, or or people stand up for a particular tefillah. It's not really necessary. People stand up for tefillah Shalom Dina in Israel, for instance. So you don't stand up. So there's no other nonsense. If they stand, you should stand. It's a derech. It's the fit in. You're not supposed to. Say I'm different. Being different is very nice and very important to know when to be different. But but just for minhagim, you should wave your own minhagim. As uh, the angels ate, so as not to be different than everybody else. And a little bit more surprising, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was up in the sky, didn't eat, so as not to be different. And one last thing uh, in this particular pasha, the angels turned to Avraham Avinu and said, Ayei Sarah Ishtacha. Where is Sarah? Now later on, they didn't actually cross her out to speak to her. They didn't ask where she was because they wanted to speak to us. So why did they ask where she was? Limda Torah Derech Eretz. This is coming to teach us Derech Eretz. Here the Gemara says explicitly, the purpose of this Pesach is to teach us Derech Eretz. Not just that I learned Derech Eretz, but this is what the Torah is doing. Sheyishal Adam Bachsan Yishalom. When a person is a guest in a house, he's Bachsanya, he's in someone else's house, he should ask about the person who he's being a guest by. And you're not only a guest by the Avam Avinu, they're also the guest of Sarah. I mean, Sarah provides the food. It's impolite to come to someone's house and benefit from the people who are there and not ask Bishalomam. She Aladam, he should Bishol Bishlomam. He should inquire into their, in their welfare. The Gemara says, Rama Shmuel ain't Sholim Bishlom Ishakla. Shmuel said in another context that one should not ask about, one should not engage in um, familiarities with the woman. The uh, answer is So here it's not uh, it's it's to a husband. You should ask. In other words, Rashi brings this in the Peirushal Torah. She ishal ish ala isha, but ishal aish. When you sit at someone's table, you should ask him how is your wife. You sit if she's the one who's running the table. You should ask her how is your husband. And the Gemara here is quite explicit in saying that even though you know it's different, but but there's a certain sensitivity involved in funkat. And maybe it's somehow improper if you really wanted to be very makpid, you wanted to not have any contact with the opposite sex for good reasons. Everybody really believes in, in separation of, of sexes and just of social social mingling. But it'd be improper to apply that particular minhachasidut of yours when dealing with derecheretz and when you eat at someone's table or you're in someone's house, you're a guest at someone's house. Then yes, you're supposed to ask him. It's it's proper to ask him. And, and how was your wife? 
perhaps how are your children? And that's the Eretz, which Tovah made a point of, these Malachim were chit-chatting with Avam Avinu, and they said to him, and, hmm, where's your wife? Your wife's not here. How is she? It means, where's your wife? means, how is she? And that's learned from this, um, from this Pasuk. Okay, there are a lot of other things learned from Pasrat Bayeva, uh, but we've run out of time, and therefore, I'll be back next week with the next week's Pasha. Kol Tov, Shabbat Shalom, Umvorach.